Coming to theaters January 26th. Left Behind. Rise of the Antichrist. Was it the rapture? Yes. I saw it happen. After millions of people vanish and the world falls into chaos, a charismatic leader rises to become head of the United Nations. How do we know who we can trust? Trust God. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Neil McDonough, and Corbin Burnson. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. This film is not rated but suitable for ages 13 and up in theaters for four days only beginning January 26th. Go to leftbehindmovie.com. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. We've got a big show for you today, friends, and I hope that you'll stay with us for the full amount. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, the actor, will be with us a little bit later on in the hour. Kelsey Bowler is here, uh, per normal, on these Thursdays. And we start with some uh, breaking news from General Jack Keene and Michael Goodwin. Don't go anywhere. It's Kevin McCullough Radio, and it starts right now. Bench thinking. Kevin McCullough. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. He is playing the role. As uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Um... The voting continues. They continue, continue, continue to count the votes. Uh, And what's going to happen in the House of Representatives? Did you know, uh, on another note, that there's been a temporary ceasefire called in Russia and Ukraine's conflict? A little bit later on, commemorating a good friend with a good friend. We will talk with Kelsey Bowler about uh, the uh, meaningfulness of this day. And also uh, a brand new action thriller from Kevin Sorbo. As he'll be here to tell us why we should go see it. But let's start with Michael Goodwin from the New York Post, one of my favorite guests of all time, just simply because he is just uh, emanating common sense everywhere he goes. And uh, Michael, if we were to look at the Congress right now, um, I think common sense would not be something that most Americans uh, appear to be uh, viewing there. I, I, I just anecdotally, I, I'm at the gym this morning. I'm finishing up uh, my, my yoga class. There's a whole bunch of uh, people in that class that I don't think pay any attention to news at all. And they're mocking what's going on in the House of Representatives. Uh, your thoughts on where we stand right now? Well, Kevin, uh, your your classmates there in yoga are are correct. I mean, there's no way to defend this. This is not a defensible spectacle that we're watching. I know the the holdouts uh, against Kevin McCarthy are claiming that, uh, uh, you know, th- this is the only way to recreate the Republican Party, the only way to put a break on the Biden administration's crazy policies and all of that. But, it, you know, the, the math doesn't add up to that. When you have 203 people on one side and 20 on the other, you you can't reasonably be claiming to be the soul of the party. I mean, if the party's not with you, you are not its leader, and you should not be uh, crowing about how you are the pure ones. When if the others are all evil, then you ought to start your own party. If if they're that corrupt, then you ought to go somewhere else. But this idea. 
that we 20, you know, are the are the brave and the pure. Uh, it's just silly. It, it, it doesn't look that way from the outside. There's nothing they can say about it. Uh, I think that would change people's minds. And that that is not necessarily a defense of Kevin McCarthy. I understand some of the criticisms of him, and, and they are right. He is a fixture in the government. He's been in the leadership a long time. A lot of conservatives are very unhappy with the leadership of the Republican Party, but it's a game of numbers. You don't have the numbers now. You don't even have a viable alternative to defeat him. So why are you making a mockery and sort of making conservatism a punchline for people like you're talking about? I want to challenge the integrity and the character of the 20. They they put themselves forward as, as these, um, you know, exhibits of purity. Um, a lot of people don't know that in the negotiations prior to the votes being counted, uh, they made demands of uh, Kevin McCarthy, who conceded at least 20 changes to the rules and to other procedures uh, as they requested. And when they were given their wish list on those 20 items, they came back with more. These are people that are not standing for something. These are people that are moving the goalposts. Look, I think I think the issue of concessions is one that, uh, you know, we, we've heard a good deal about. And the fact that some of it is just purely personal. And on, on the larger point, you know, that, that somehow they are speaking for a much larger audience, that they're speaking for the heart of the Republican Party. The heart of the Republican Party in 2020 and in 2022 was not with the radicals, that it was not with the people. And, and I, you know, the, the New York Times insists on calling them ultra-conservatives. I don't think that is appropriate. I don't think they're all ultra-conservatives. I think they're a mixed bag of people, some of whom have good motives, uh, but are pursuing the wrong objective, the wrong way, and others are really just out for themselves. So if you look at the 203 people supporting Kevin McCarthy, aren't they more representative just by virtue of their numbers of the country and of Republican voters? The ultimate hubris for these 20 to say, we are, are the pure representatives of Republicans. Bobert won her district by, what, 500 votes as, as an incumbent in a year that was supposed to be a red wave. She won by 500 votes, but now suddenly she's the answer. Uh, Matt Gates, uh, who I think is, is slicker than oil, uh, you know, was investigated for child sex trafficking. It, nothing came of it. No charges were filed. But his partner was indicted, uh, someone he was working with. So, I mean, I don't know the de- all the details of that case, but this does not seem to me a paragon of virtue uh, who, who can claim to be the savior of the Republican Party. I mean, when you look at these people, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't it's not persuasive. And I think it's making a mockery of the people who want the Republicans to slam the brakes on the Biden administration. That's why tens of millions of people voted for a Republican House. This was not why they voted for the Republican. Well, and Michael, consider this. um, The first agenda item that Kevin McCarthy had put on the table, and this this was something that I did not know until just a day or so ago, 
But I had been asking publicly on this show for a good couple of weeks, will there be an emphasis in this Congress to fire the 87,000 IRS agents? If you want to win out of the shoot for the Republicans, keeping your word, doing what you said you would do in the campaign, defund those 87,000 agents out of the shoot. You know what agenda item was? If we ever get a speaker elected, if we ever get to move forward to the business of the country, it's to do exactly that. What... If you have Trump endorsing McCarthy, who is arguably the the new voice for the party since he was president and he's you know likely to run again, um, if you have him pushing for McCarthy, if you have um, you know the modern day free speech champion Elon Musk saying Kevin McCarthy's the guy, how, where are these twenty coming up with this? We're the avant garde change of guard that's going to you know be perfect in what we do. I thought that's what Trump brought. I thought that's what Elon Musk is bringing to free speech. They're saying that this is, and I, I think one last thing. I think that people have tried to make Kevin McCarthy turn him into Paul Ryan, and I don't think they're anything alike. Um, the, the owner of Salem Communications, Ed Atzinger, has mentored Kevin McCarthy since basically he was a junior congressman. And we have deep respect for Congressman McCarthy around the Salem ranks. It just doesn't add up, Michael. And I'm so glad that uh, we get to have your uh, say on this. Your, your final thought. Well, I, I agree with you that uh, they've managed to paint McCarthy as some kind of villain. Now, he may not be everything to all people, but he has the votes. He has, you know, 90 percent of the votes. Yep. That has to mean something in a, in a two-party system, uh, because otherwise you can't function. And look, I, I mean, you mentioned about the IRS agents. Uh, this, to me, portends the, an inability to get anything done, because if any time five people can scuttle the party, which is what this majority allows, five people can, can kill any piece of legislation. And look what they're doing. I mean, they're really laying the roadmap for how to get nothing done in the next two years. I mean, Which it's, means it's they're going to hand the House right back to the Democrats in 24 if they keep this nonsense Absolutely. Up. All right, Michael Goodwin, read him in the New York Post. Michael, thank you. Happy New Year. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough, we still got a huge show coming up. Uh, stay right here.